Dear Cosmo Babies, on this week's episode, we are talking about cosmetology schools and you all, our students, our wonderful listeners, our Cosmo Babies in the industry. And we have a very special guest joining us this week, a cosmetology school instructor, Michael Pendel. I am your host, Annie MacArthur. I am joined by my co-hosts with me this week, Russell Mays, and Ooh. let's just jump right on into it. Welcome, Michael. Thank you. So Michael's going to give us all us. the dirt. We want all <laughs> the horror stories. I am so dirt. here for it. I am actually like so excited. I feel like I'm excited about every episode that we do, but I'm very excited about this one because I love our cosmetology school instructors. I think that it is a market that is underrepresented and I am so excited to get to chat and like really hear the tea about what is happening in cosmetology schools today. So I want to give you a chance, Michael, to introduce yourself because you are so much more than a cosmetology school instructor. You wear many hats and I want you to share all about that. I do. Yeah, I do several different work, several different hats at the school out of necessity. Sometimes I work in the salon one day a week. I, my new passion is like wigs and avant-garde is my new thing. I've been taking some classes, some avant-garde classes, which is great. So I do, yeah, I'm interested in a lot of things. I'm also a lifelong learner. So I'm this year, especially I'm, I've already got three trips planned for education, just doing some things for myself. To, this is the year of, of myself, taking care of myself. I'm going to, cause I need to grow too. I get, I can get stagnant and being in school every day is definitely, we should have our own reality show for sure but <laughs> you just never know what's going to happen or what's going to adventure is going to be around well i'd like to start by saying that being a cosmetology teacher is probably yeah. the most thankless job in the entire industry <laughs> you get the brunt of all the complaints that oh beauty school is just like going to prison mm-hmm. i just got to serve my time yeah. and they're holding me yeah. back and i can get out and then i can fly and you so know i'm trying to give you a foundation to build upon and then the state is kicking your tires because of you got to have so many people in and out it is really a thankless job so from me yeah. to you <laughs> thank you for suffering <laughs> through this and continuing the industry and so it's leading true. to that what made you want to get into the beauty business? I was, my first career was a dance career. I went to New York City. I went to a very prestigious school. <laughs> I made it in New York for about eight years. And then I, that was my first experience in beauty school. And I was actually working as an assistant with kind of stylist at the time. He was, we we were working out of the, the loft of his PR marketing firm. <laughs> and I got to do some really lot of fun things with him. He was like, he was a great hair cutter. He was only a hair cutter. He had just had a vibrant personality. We got to do a lot of photo shoots and just different things I got to experience with him. And that's I started getting burnout on dancing. And I thought this is something I could do. This is something that excites me. It's artistic. It's I loved watching him cut here like Edward Scissor Hands. Mm-hmm. So when I first started, I was very I didn't know what the hell I was doing. I was like a very visual hair cutter. I was like, I just would mimic what he was doing, his movements. I didn't know the whys behind anything. I did <laughs> really didn't know what the hell I was doing. But very exciting. So I left New York in 2001, right before 9-11, came back to my hometown and went to beauty school. My mom's a hairdresser. So I went back. She went to Ohio. I took over her salon out of beauty school, which is, wouldn't recommend that very <laughs> much. It only lasted about three, three years. I was in my mid-20s at the time. But I got I had a mentor that I found in, in beauty school, and she really opened my eyes to she took me to hair shows. She took me to under her wing. And I was so grateful because I 
got to experience just so many cool things that I just feel like with mentors in my life, I had great people growing up in my other field. And then um, the hair field, I feel like I've just been really lucky uh, having great people in my life to guide me. And so I, I've always wanted to be that for other people. Like I always like to be that person. I feel like to inspire people or give people the information that they need. I always want to make people better than hopefully they're going to be better than me <laughs> at some point. So that's my goal. Yeah, I think your story really re-solidifies the importance of having mentors throughout your career. You know, because if you had yeah. not had some mentors going up in the beginning, who knows how you would have floundered and not succeeded. Right. And my career, I, I went down a rocky path for a long time. And when I got myself back together, like that was the first thing I really missed doing hair. And I was like, I'd always done hair in some sort of way, but, but legitimizing and going, going back to school was a huge thing for me because I was like, I don't want to do this again, but I have to do this again if I want to do this. And it was actually a really humbling. It was a great experience because I really got to from look at it, go through it with a different perspective. I it was a much different from when I was 26 going to school as opposed to God, I'm, I'm, I just turned 48 in my forties, you know, um, I had a really different perspective and I was grateful for that. Cause I really got to focus on those fundamental things and finally learning the whys behind why I'm doing this haircut, just try graduation or whatever it is. I, so I really got to go back and learn stuff that I really hadn't got to do before. When you said, oh, I'm, I'm 48, I, my first thought was, good Lord. And then I had to remind myself, oh, shit, I'm older. <laughs> I think just so, not too much older, right? But I'm pushing 50s. Like, so I've, been, I've had some life experiences, which I, has helped me. <laughs> so you went to school the a little bit when you were in New York doing the dancing. Yep. And then you came yep. back home. You went the full gamut through school. Yep. Second time at yep. 26, you were at 26 at that second time. It was like 26. It was like in 2001, I came home. It was about 26 ish. I think I went to New York when I was 17. So I don't mm -hmm. do the math in 93, but yeah, I went to a small, it was a local beauty school. It looked like it was right out of the 1960s. The decor with orange and <laughs> <laughs> all the things it was a very different experience than like a school i work i work in a large school we have over we have about 200 students so it's very different i think that and I, we had the worst kits like we had the like i had this terrible <laughs> yellow big bird looking blow dryer and i was like yeah, this thing yeah. sucks you know yeah we didn't have the great kids but so i think but it was great i passed my state boards it was it was fine now, how many hours did you have to go when you went all the way through i had to do 2000 the first time Ooh. Ouch. 2000. Yep. The first time. Um, the first time. <laughs> the, that's like prison. I know New York. Yeah. In New York, I didn't make it. I think that was a thousand hours. It did. Yeah. It's 2000. And then the second time was 1600. It came, yeah, it's okay. the longest 1600 hours. I think you're, especially when you've done 2000. That's, I had to really, it was great though. I'm really glad I went and did that. There has to be a, a difference of outlooks of, of when you first went when you were young and then going back as someone who would have been an older student in beauty school at 26. Because I know Annie, yeah. she went at 26 as well. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I think it took yeah. me between 19 and 26 to just to finish my cosmetology schooling. It, yeah. it took me a yeah. little while. <laughs> For sure. And I see we have so many students. We have a lot of students right out of high school, but we also have a lot of students who come back as a second career. They've, had, they've got their bachelor's degree. They've got, they've had a career before this. They've done, they've had some life experience. They've done other things. I find to tend that those students are a bit more focused. They do a little bit better. Just, I think just 
from all that previous experience. They yeah. know how to navigate that a little bit better. There's less of a, of a social distraction aspect when someone comes in older. I know when I was in school, the last school I went to, we had a student who was a, an older woman, and she was probably 45, 46. And her second career, she'd always wanted to go to school, and she never had an opportunity. And she went, and I, I had so much respect for her coming into this young environment with all these 19- and 20-year-old wild idiots running around unbridled and here she is just focused doing her thing trying to take it seriously and i, I had a lot of respect for her so it's never yeah. you're never too old to go back to beauty school never too yeah. old. absolutely and i make it a point i make it a point till the first day i see and i see somebody who's over over 30 <laughs> that's in school and i definitely i immediately connect with them because i'm like hey I just try to make sure that they know that they're not alone that they're that they can do this like that it's going to be different like you're everything's digital now we're doing everything on mm -hmm. ipads or doing <laughs> so there's going to be some there's going to be some challenges because you, our generation just didn't have that <laughs> growing up so i try to connect with them right away like first day like the, as soon as they walk in the door just to let them know that hey i know what you're going through if you need any help please i'm here for you <laughs> how please, do i turn please. the ipad on <laughs> <laughs> it's true it's true it's taken me four years to figure out the technology part i finally got it together but it's fine <laughs> I guess like my biggest question that I have is the, what are you seeing that's different today? Like from your experience going through school, what are you seeing like new mm. challenges arise in students? I think the, it's, I know, the attention span or, so we have, there's those it, social media and being on your phone. Like that's like a big portion of people's attention spans are very short. They need, and some people are in school, they're either in school, like for uh, an eight hour day or sometimes a 10 hour day. Um, wow. So it depends. So that's a lot of hours to be in school. Uh, so for those people, of course, you're going to get, there's going to be days that you're going to be bored out of your mind or <laughs> not just want to do anything. I see people sometimes on there watching videos and stuff like that, which I'm all for. If, it's, if you're doing that and being productive and doing something, <laughs> like I'm going to support you in that. I just think that some younger people, I think just the climate of the, the world today or, or post-COVID, we went, I went through school and during COVID when we, when all the distance learning and all that stuff, we had to roll all that out. Mm -hmm. That was a challenge. And I still hear from those, those students today. They're like, we were just screwed. We were in school during COVID and we had to do all this stuff, but we just did the best we could. And it's brought on some great things, Zoom and all. We figured out how to do all this stuff. And I don't know if I'm going way off topic, but uh, <laughs> I think that people do get are just they've got a lot of stuff going on in their lives. Sometimes they don't know, really know what they want to do. They've got this skewed perspective about what this industry is. Some yeah. people, do, excuse me. Do you think the technology makes it easier or makes it more difficult? I think that's a double-edged sword because I mm. think in some ways it's, it can be great, but in some ways everybody wants instant gratification. They want to know how to do everything they see on TikTok or, or Instagram or whatever. They want to be able to do all that stuff. But at the same time, they don't, they can't hold a pair of scissors or have the correct body position. To, mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So I try to tell them, especially on days we have, we're going to be in the classroom. We're going to be going back to these foundational haircuts or whatever that is. I always bring it back to, from my dance background, we've got to go back to that ballet bar every single day. We've got to do mm -hmm. our plies and our tondus and our, and mm -hmm. we're, we're developing those basic skills 
in order to become a, it's going to just build that foundation so you're going to become a better hairdresser i i know from experience because i made those mistakes i learned backwards so i think learning how to or to merge those two worlds together like what's going on in today's like to trends and everything like that and trying to merge those like foundations with the with what's going on in the world what's relevant today what's relevant to them and how can i make this boring diagram this boring haircut <laughs> and how can i make that connect that with what's going on and is relevant to you is going to make you get it yeah. right right or something right. i can definitely see how that comparison monster can arise really quickly with the technology and social media today, especially with students themselves, because I think that a lot of times people have this sense of, I, I need to be perfect, or I need to be able to get this, or all of these people on the internet are doing so much better than me. And I think that comparison yeah. is such like, comparison's the thief of joy, right? That's the saying. Mm. And I think that it can take away a lot of times from the learning abilities of actually like hands-on education, like cutting on your doll head. People are looking at these videos online, wanting to try to mimic that, but it's, there's so many steps that you have to take before you get there. And I noticed that with people that I mentor or the assistants that I work with is that our main conversation is always slow down. You're exactly where you need to be. You are still learning. Yeah. You are still trying to understand these fundamental things. Like you are in a position where you are supposed to be messing up right now. Like you are not going to get yeah. in trouble or whatever for not doing something correctly. Like this is your opportunity to learn, to make those mistakes, yeah. to make the mistakes, <clears throat> yeah. to understand what you're doing wrong or right or whatever. And I think social media or technology in general makes that really difficult. For sure. And why is it that I, here's what I noticed. <laughs> like we get the clients like with the worst need for a color correction or like the, they yes. did a bad, like the people that come in sometimes I'm just like, they make me just want to run out the back door because <laughs> so I'm like, we got to sometimes reel those people into. And I got, because as a young new stylist, you want to, you want to be able to please everybody. You want to be able to like, Oh, I can do this. They could think they could take on any challenge. Mm -hmm. but don't really understand the journey to get there. So my job sometimes if you get your expectation with your, yeah, your guest, first of all, like sometimes they come in with unrealistic expectations. So then you got to figure out how to like, maybe we can only do this today. We only have, and we're in time constraints. We've got all this, all these factors that, that come into it. And so sometimes they get disappointed, but you're like, I think in the end, it's like, you want to have a win rather than a super failure <laughs> you want to i want to try to build people up and set them up for success by setting realistic goals with a with, whether it be a guest or like just whatever that is i want to have them leave school that day with a good feeling about this they have accomplished something my bet my favorite thing is somebody who's getting their first client they've been out on the floor for maybe a, a week or something like that but they've just had working on doll work or whatever and they get their first client and it's my favorite thing to do is to walk them i'll walk you up I'll do this with you. Let's do this together. Let's go up and let's greet our guests. Let's all do it all for them. And to, for them to get through, even they're just their first haircut on a human or anything like that, is, it's such a rewarding thing to just, because once they've, because when we're living in fear, we're scared, we're, we're not able to function properly in a lot of different ways. Yeah. So if I can help them through those times of being just when they're in, in that mode of, and trying to 
help them through it and getting through that service. And they're like, oh my God. And it's like, they have just such the best feeling afterwards. And it's awesome. We have spoke on this before about how in the beginning of anything that you have to give yourself the gift of being shitty at it. Mm -hmm. You can't expect perfection. So you have to go through all the drudgery and all the failures, the things that don't turn out as well as you want in order to get to highly skilled or masterful. And I think a lot of times when we see something on the internet or the internet, I sound like I'm 80 years old now, right? (laughs) On the TikToks. (laughs) The interweb. On the interwebs, on that computer. Uh, When when we see something on there, which used to be a magazine, you see a picture, you're like, I want to do that. And then, of course, you attempt it. It's lousy. It's terrible. It's not what you want. You have to not think I'm a failure. And you have to think, okay, that was step number one of a thousand step journey. So I think as a good mentor that you are, you help them navigate those first few steps across the pond of success. And they have to allow themselves that, that grace to not be perfect. Yeah. I've let people, honestly, I'll be... I've let people make those mistakes knowing how it's going to turn out already because <laughs> they're just like, I need the, I, cause I need sometimes for them to understand. Yes. You get, you have a guest comes in. She's got, she's level two and she's got a lot of hair history, but she wants to be an IC level 10 today oh, <laughs> or whatever, you know, it's like, it's like, that's, Oh my God. 75% of the time. It's like, and so, you know, I, sometimes I allow them to just make those mistakes sometimes not, yeah. terribly but like they've got to because you've got to experience those things if you don't experience those things you're never going to really learn them you can be told a million times but until you experience it for yourself yeah. you're never going to really own that 100 percent, absolutely 100 failure is a good teacher sometimes a better teacher absolutely. than success okay. oh i was just gonna say i was watching a show the other day <laughs> and Oh my gosh, I can't even remember what it was. But the whole topic of the show was that you had to pick something to fail at. Oh, it was an episode of Daria that I was watching. <laughs> Aging myself. But the whole like the whole episode was about like you have to pick something that you know you're going to fail at and go fail at it and see how it made you feel. And some people came back to class and they actually didn't fail, they succeeded. And he was like, okay, but you ended up failing the assignment. So technically you failed. Yeah, you failed. <laughs> yeah. And it was like such a great teaching moment for them to have to understand that it's it's okay to have those failures because you're going to learn something yeah. from it. Yeah. Now, yeah, when you sure. see students coming in school and you see them through mm-hmm. their whole progress of beginning as a little chick and then they fly away as an eagle, what yeah. which students are successful and what's their characteristics? Can you uh, put your finger on question. that? That's it's because I've seen it in like a couple different ways. Like I will see, I did a, a barber core class. I was filling in for a couple of days and it was like their first day of haircutting. And we did like a, a scissor cut. It was like a graduation. And I got to see them on like their first <laughs> time ever cutting hair. And then watching people, when you get to see that from the very like first day, and then you see them six months later, and just to see the growth in people, a lot of our, our barbers will get into braiding. Okay, I have this braiding block. I've tried to learn how to cornrow for like the last 20 <laughs> plus years. And sometimes I'll make it a fun little workshop. Okay, we're going to braid today. And I get the students that because we have some really good braiders, but I want to learn how to do, do it really good. So <laughs> I utilize them as well. But 
they'll take in something like and they'll be doing these intricate designs and doing all this crazy stuff and just watching somebody because they're practicing this thing every day and just watching them grow it's just it's so such a cool process but there's the people that are sitting around and not really doing anything they're they're the ones that are not growing but they're so we got that's those are the people that kind of target to figure out how to help them but it's great to see people thrive and grow and it sometimes it happens so fast sometimes it's like you know when you wake up i mean you guys have probably had this but like when you don't really get something doesn't really make sense but you'll just wake up in the middle in the morning you're like it does something you'll just click like it happens to me all the time in different areas but just having those aha moments or just finally something just finally clicks in your head oh okay finally get this so sometimes it happens slowly and sometimes it happens very quickly i was when i was in school the next to this girl she was doing like three three balayages a day that's all she did there's like i think that's what she's still doing now but she showed me her like very first like hand painting balayage and, and then her and and right next to her most recent one it was like the amount of growth and change was just so amazing but she's that's what she was doing practicing every day in school that was what she wanted to do yeah so the students so, that do are the ones that succeed the, student, the students that do yeah the ones that are like self i think you got to be a self because once you're out of your class you start with in your core class then you're out on the floor. It's like, it's very self-driven. So if you're not self-driven, you're not going <laughs> to, you're going to be lost. we got a lot of students. So it's very easy to get lost out there and not really have, know what, how to, where to focus or can get dicey there. But the ones that are not, you're not having to like always be on like, what are we doing? How can I help? Let's game plan something. It's the ones that are really like that are just, they're off in the corner doing, working on something. Those are the ones that are, really going to progress. So it, or let, this should be a, a very important point. Uh, let me learn how to talk here. This should be a very important point that any cosmetology student or anyone in the first five years of their career should really take to heart. It doesn't matter if you're any good at it. He said it doesn't matter that they were good at it naturally. All that matters is that they did. If you do yeah. and yeah. you keep doing, you will succeed. Yep. This yeah. entire industry, sorry to get on my soapbox here, but the entire industry is an acquired skill. Yeah. And so many people think, oh, you're just born with a pair of scissors in your hand. Well, you don't see the hours that yeah. I spent practicing my craft, mm-hmm. the weekends, yeah. the nights, the days, and how many times I went home crying because I screwed something up. But yet the next day I continued on. So that's what beauty school students need to know is there's no natural yeah. gifts. Some learn faster than yeah. others, but there's no natural gifts or skill. Just do. Yeah. So that's an yeah. excellent point, Michael. Thank yeah. you so much. I, yeah. yeah, I yeah, have to bet. back that up as well because literally yesterday I had a conversation with one of my mentees and we were talking because she's definitely been a little harder on herself lately, and but she's felt a lot better. And I was like, what was that thing that kind of changed for you? What was that pivotal moment? And she was like, I had to realize that, and she had a conversation with someone else that this career and this job is meant to be fun. And if you're not having a good time, your clients probably aren't having a good time either. And once she was able to switch that in her brain of, no, I need to show up and I need to have a really good time with my clients. It totally was such a game changer for her. And I said, what I want you to be focused on and what I want you to be like, Cause I think she was taking everything way too seriously. Like she was like being so serious about everything. And I was like, where I want you to be serious is with your education. 
I want you to take your education really seriously. And I want to take your, I want you to take your learning opportunities really seriously. And I want you to take your client building really seriously, but I want you to stand behind that chair and work with those clients and just have the best time, whether you make a mistake or yeah. not. Like people are yeah. there to help support you if you do end up in a mis- in a mistake, but you're doing it. Like that's the whole point. Yeah. I know early on for me, I maybe wasn't doing the best haircuts, but I always connect with people and I could always mm-hmm. make them like make a difference in their day. And that's what they would keep coming back. The other thing I think staying excited about the industry is like what we just talked about at the beginning, like finding a mentor, finding, because there's a lot of fear and, and not knowing where they're going to go after the after abuse. So where am I going to go? Mm-hmm. I'm like, you need to go. You need, we are so connected now, which is the great thing about the interwebs <laughs> on social media. <laughs> we are so con- we are connected in a way we've never been connected before, and everyone is accessible. Yeah, I always like to tell people, tell them like, if you don't know where you want to go, you need to go visit as many salons and reach out to as many people and figure out like what that is for you because you may think you want to go somewhere, but then until you've gone to go actually visit them or hang, spend some time with them, it may not be the thing. May what they're like your perception of what that, what they're, what they're putting yeah. out. So, uh, I just think you need to stay inspired, find a way to stay inspired and like to keep yourself motivated. Cause it's a lot to get the beauty school is beauty school. I don't care <laughs> where you go. You're going to have the same problems and the same things yeah. wherever you're at. You're gonna have to experience those same things. So yeah, I just try to, I'm, I, I was just trying to stay positive and just try to motivate people and especially seek out the people who are having a rough time. I try to target those individuals (laughs) and figure out what's happening with them. Yeah. You had mentioned something about how that in the beginning, you weren't that great at doing hair, but you always bonded and interacted with the client. Well, is there some way that we can teach that for someone who's naturally introverted and is much more of a, okay, Mm -hmm. I'm quiet over here, just doing my haircut, trying to ignore the client. Don't look, make eye contact. (laughs) That, That does happen. And I had a little girl, she just graduated and she as a, she's a tiny human. She's a little tiny. She looks up at you and she talks to you <laughs> and she was like the quietest person. And she was very soft-spoken and like her growth through with her guests, like with talking to me, talking to other, just in general, like she was like turned into this lion. She was just like, she, her personality and she just grew so much in her, it came out of her shell really. And I think that just came with you know, you, you can't, you gotta be, a, you gotta like people to be in this business, period. Yes. To ha- and I love the difficult clients, but all those things, we get people in tears sometimes and you gotta talk them through it because it's gonna happen. But I think the more practice, like I'll walk you through to get your first guest and take them back to the chair. And, and you really model that by, by modeling it and, and, and showing them how it's done, how to have a conversation with someone, how to have a consultation with someone. Like at first it's like, you just have to model and, and show them how it's done. Like you just... Sometimes you just have to do it for them. And, so what's that um, framework them... look like for you? Because something like you, it comes naturally, but what would be a framework you could give somebody? <clears throat> I think just modeling the process because, you know, they're doing their consultation with their guests initially and they're coming and grabbing us and we're going back and making sure <laughs> everything's on point. So I just think, and then maybe having a side conversation and, and we do a lot of role playing too with each other. We're, we're a safe space. I letting you know that nobody's judging you here. We're all learning. I like to make them get up and talk in front of the whole school because that <laughs> now you know savage. how I feel like on a Monday morning when I'm trying to be funny and I'm trying to like, <laughs> they are not having it. They have not had their coffee yet. They're not like, they're not. I just think it's get, I, I tell, get uncomfortable. You got to get uncomfortable to get comfortable. So I try to, it's just different. I just, I think modeling the process, 
and then just practicing and helping people with their blocks. Like how, how mm. and, and I've got a lot of people to help. It's, but that's one of my frustrations is that I don't feel like sometimes we don't can't give everybody exactly what they need all the time. Yeah. You got a lot of variety of people. So there's a lot of variety of, Absol- of angles absolutely. that you have to, to come in at. Yeah. Role playing, I think is a good thing. Uh, but one thing you said that uh, I want to reiterate is acknowledging where your blocks are. So mm-hmm. if I can do the technical part, I can do the consultation part because I'm talking about something technical. It's hard for me to go into a more casual conversation. That may be a block for me. So yeah. asking, can you role play with me so I can have a normal conversation that's not about hair? <laughs> Noticing your yeah. blocks and role playing yeah. that. I think that's a great point. Yeah. Yeah. Great point. Yeah. One thing I noticed, even for me, when I started teaching, like when you have to teach somebody a hair or walk them through a haircut while as you're talking or do, as you're doing this, it's like you really, it makes you really own that information and you really yeah. have to, it's a skill you have to acquire. It's a skill to be able to have to not only execute and, and do nice sectioning and do all that. Be clear about your communication. It's, I'm always trying to learn and, and grow in that area because it's something I've, it's a challenge for me. So I think it's, everybody should have to do, have to try to teach somebody and, or it's hard. It's difficult. No, teaching is the vital step into to mastering anything. Mm-hmm. It forces yeah. me to get down to a level of detail that maybe I took for granted and learning how to yeah. communicate and explain that to somebody else takes yes. my knowledge to a whole nother level of depth. Absolutely. hundred percent. An- another question that I have is when they are getting ready to graduate and they are starting to job mm-hmm. search, what are you, mm-hmm. what's the feedback you're getting from the students of their biggest hurdles that they're having during mm-hmm. that point? There's a couple of different things. A couple, some people like they already have a salon that they're they know they're going to once they graduate. Mm-hmm. Then you got the people who like, where do you think I should go? Where do you think I would fit in? I try to guide them, or I just I say, well, find go find five salons you might be interested in. Go check them out. Go. This is why I think this is going to be cool. This next year, doing this these salon visits and taking little group tours and just giving them access to people and getting we have guest artists coming into the school. I'm really trying to get some great guest artists this year to come in mm-hmm. and just so people can connect. Cause people, sometimes they don't know what they want. They don't know. They need to find their tribe. They need to find the people who are going to support them in their journey and support their vision or be a part of something that, and maybe they don't know what that is. So I just, my advice to them is just to go like to as many, check out as many possible things as possible because you just never know, you know, you'll know when you find your people, but you're just, you just gotta, you've got to get out there and, and find your people. And visit. Yeah. 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 So the school <clears throat> takes students to like field trips to different salons. Yes. Yeah. We haven't been doing it this last year, but I'm definitely starting it in January. I'm starting to take like a group of five and I'll take them out to a salon. We'll spend a few hours there and just check out, be able to ask questions, see the salon in action in a real life scenario mm-hmm. be able to mm-hmm. ask questions and do that kind of thing so that's something i'm going to be doing this year then we also have a career fair where we bring salons in where they're able to ask a few questions they set up a little booth it's cute and then we also mm-hmm. have opportunities for guest artists to come in we do that once a week but it's been hard it's been challenging sometimes finding people to come in <laughs> and do that sometimes so well so i mean it's, nervous. You know, my big yeah. 
I think we should nervous. have Big Daddy go well, be know. a guest artist sometime. <laughs> I'd be happy to. Oh, we'd, yeah, we'd love I'd to have you. Yeah. We, we're lucky to get some. We've had some great people come in. But I just don't think they... I think understanding sometimes the history of this business and is this kind of lost in a way. I try to... Yeah. I always give them like, okay, you need to follow these people on social media. If you're not following, I try to do that all the time to people. If I know something that they're interested in, I'm like, okay, you need to follow these people for sure. I try to give them those little things on the side. And um, yeah, it's I so think- easy to follow the wrong people. Oh yeah, you know? exactly. And if you yeah. don't know, you yeah. don't know. Yeah. You know? So no. having some suggestions is a great thing. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I think that makes such a big so. impact. Like, Having a person, a mentor, cosmetology instructor, be able to actually help guide in the right direction because it's something that all schools miss out on is the history portion. It's like you go to fashion school, you're definitely getting fashion history, but you go to hair school and I feel like it's not really something that gets covered a lot. So I think that's such a great thing to incorporate is showing them the right people to to follow and and learn from. Yes. So I try to expose them to things that maybe they're not going to get from anybody else in my school. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? I try, to, yes. I try to, I'm like, Hey, you need to be following these people or check this out because there's so many opportunities for just different careers and different venues with a cosmetology license. You can do so many different things, go down so many different avenues. There's so many yeah. different opportunities. And like I, I've been listening to the podcast. I've been loving all the stuff Annie's been doing, and I'm just, I'm excited because I I can share that with with my students, and I'm just excited about this year. Actually, when I had my salon, one uh, whenever they wanted to poke the bear, so to speak, one of the girls yeah. would find some hack. I, I know it's hard to believe that there's a hack hairdresser out there, but there there are there are a couple. One of the girls yeah. would find someone on Instagram doing something, a little reel or a cut or something, and she'd bring it over and say, "Hey, Russell, what do you think about this? This, this looks pretty good." And I, I'd look at it and I'd feel like, "No, that's not where it's at. That's not very good." They're like. No, really? And they would keep prodding me. What about this one? What about that? And they'd find something that would just get under my skin and just drive me insane and wind me up and just watch me rip this video a new ass. And I'm just like, oh, look at this. This is terrible. Look at this. You can't even freaking comb the hair. And I'm just ripping this video. And then, of course, they say, why you got to be a hater? Yeah. I'm trying not to be. You keep poking the bear. Stop poking the bear. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what was that show that was, they used to have them do these challenges, like a hairdresser, and they would have them cut hair with like garden sheer shear. genius. Like sheer genius. Sheer yeah. genius. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. Remember clippers. they had a guy, come, the first beauty school, the second beauty school I went to, we I remember this guy coming in and he was like, his thing was he would have scissors in both hands. I think they were like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Blades on yes. his fingers, and and he had this girl hanging upside down. He's oh my God. <laughs> it was it was wild. Like, let's cut hair with fire. I don't know. Let, yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, I'm gonna use a machete, a samurai sword. Yeah. <laughs> That's uh, all so, I yeah. need is more gimmick to be successful. <laughs> oh Lord, yeah. help me. <laughs> so, what do you think the future of beauty schools is going to be? Because there's some places have these movements to get rid of beauty school. And some places are like, no, you're not going to do anything. A buddy of mine in a Southern state, I want to say it was Alabama, maybe he wanted to be a barber. So he went down to the, the city. He paid his $50 for his barber license. And all of a sudden, boom, he's a barber. 
Didn't have to do anything yeah. other than the sanitation and sterilization test and pay us yeah. 50 bucks and he's a barber. I'm like, wow. Okay. Yeah. So what, what do you think the yeah. future of beauty uh, schools is going to be? I've heard some talk about this too. For now, well, we have some other things we just started doing as an externship to like the last 10% of school, you can go and do an apprenticeship okay. salon and get your hours that way, which I think is great. I was thinking about this earlier too. different states with different New York city, you'd go to a thousand hours school and then you're going to go, you're going to go apprentice under somebody in a larger city in smaller towns. It's we're in a little bit of a different situation where it's changed in the last 20 years as well. But when you're living in a small town, you're either opening your own salon, maybe and you're maybe you're the only salon <laughs> in town. I don't know, yeah. Yeah. but you're either going to go right now. It's either you're going to go booth rent. You're going to go work for somebody on commission. I personally am telling people <clears throat> find somebody to get in their back pocket and you go apprentice under somebody. Yeah. But we are having more and more opportunity, different kinds of opportunities where you can go apprentice or different Different types of salons are happening. It's not only booth rent or commission or go work at the mall or whatever that is. There's a lot of different opportunities. And I think it is going to, it's, it's going to change and evolve. I think these big corporate schools are, have become a thing. I remember wanting to go to the, when I left New York, I was like, I'm going to go to that Aveda Institute in Minneapolis. But now we have a lot of branded schools popping up that have been around for years now. There's different ways of, of acquiring your, I don't know. I think there's going to be different, more options in the future. I think if you were saying that there's going to be a lot of options, I think that maybe beauty school will become an option. One of probably one of the major options and the beauty schools that don't yeah. take it seriously will fall by the wayside, just like any business that doesn't yeah. take it seriously. Yeah. And then the branded schools like mm. the Aveda Institute and, and so on, I think they'll continue to do well because I think going to yeah. beauty school really gives you a heads up. It really forces you to get serious about it where you could flounder trying to do it on your own for years and then realize, mm-hmm. eh, I'm not yeah. really serious about this. But beauty school, it yeah. makes you get serious real quick. Yeah. So I, I like the idea of beauty school. <clears throat> I like the idea of a serious beauty school. Let, yeah. let me say yeah. that. Because the first school I went to that <clears throat> lovingly kicked me out. <laughs> I don't I don't know that they were serious about yeah. beauty school. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, for sure. Like the network that you has had from like being in a brand yeah. school, like you have this network yeah. that's built in network and different opportunities and things like that is are wonderful. And I love that about that. Even the one I went to, the small one I went to was a like a focus salon. So we were still associated with a brand, but not exclusively. But that's how I got involved with a brand. And um, you're able to have those connections. And I was able to go work backstage at hair shows and do different things. I think that's the thing that's missing, though, right now that these kids are, they don't really know what's out there, which is why I'm excited yeah. to expose them to Annie and, and you guys, because, because there are a lot of opportunities out there to do really cool things and keep yourself excited and build your network and things like mm-hmm. that. Definitely. So. I, I find it so interesting with like on the topic of the future of cosmetology schools is I have this really love for the way that the Japanese cosmetology schools are because they're so like, like it is an option in Japan to go to cosmetology school where maybe in the U S it's not always looked at as an option or it's looked at as a third Mm -hmm. or fourth option for career wise. But in Japan, it's a two year process of very intense schooling where when I was in London recently, I was learning more about the way that cosmetology schools and apprenticeships work in London. And I never like I don't know why, but for some reason, I always associated the way that they taught in Europe was only through assisting 
programs and training within mm-hmm. salons, but they do have cosmetology schools. And it's so interesting that what I gathered from the information I got was that cosmetology school is an option. And a lot of people choose to go to cosmetology school to build that foundation before going into mm-hmm. a salon. And a lot of times salons will still have you apprentice after that to get more training and foundational yeah. skills, or you can actually just go get a job at a salon without having to go to cosmetology school. You could just do the assistant training. And they said that a lot of naturally talented people that kind of just have that creative eye will go just go get the job and get the training and kind of have that on the job training for everything where people that might need that little bit extra go to the cosmetology school route, get the training that way, then go into the salon system. And I think that's such a great way to divide that up. And I wish there was almost this way of taking like this Japanese idea of like very intense training and merging that with other options. Cause I think that mm-hmm. I think always are right. If that makes sense. And and I think that there should be a way to be able to find and merge those options for people. Cause sometimes school is not an option for everyone. And, and it makes it yeah. really difficult to enter the industry if you can't yeah. do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think sometimes the knock on beauty school is that the training regimes, <laughs> where was that? Yeah. I've not been drinking. Yeah. I promise you the, the training regimes are antiquated. And I think for a serious beauty school, they're not. And that's a that's an unfair knock on beauty school as a whole. But some of them, the beauty school I went to, come on, they're we're still doing pin curls and roller sets, and yeah, we, we're wearing nurse shoes. Yeah, <laughs> yes, no, for sure. And I've heard that too. The the feedback, the styling, finishing are on point, or they don't know how to do this, or they don't know how to do that. It's like so my my message to all the Solano out there who are unsatisfied, please go to your local beauty suit, go be a, be go in and be a guest artist for one day, be a part of the solution, be a part of the solution. And, and I know a lot of people have their own sort of training things within their salon, but, and maybe you're making, maybe you're making some money at that, but come into the school, the people that are going to take the information are going to I think you guys have talked about giving, giving away your information and giving, holding stuff captive. And, and mm-hmm. but the people that share sharing their knowledge, I think it's so valuable because the people that are going to, not everybody's going to take you, take it, but the few that are going to, that are going to, that's going to benefit you coming in and being a guest artist or sharing some knowledge or sharing what you think we're lacking, please. <laughs> we're, we're, like, we're like understaffed. We need all the help we can get. It should be a community that's helping train the next generation, not just Absolutely. all put on the beauty school shoulders. Agreed. For sure. Yeah. For sure. We can only do with the amount of people that we have and they, we can get the, then the basics and we got, it's just a lot happening. We try to get feedback and try to focus on different things that are, that salons are wanting. It's not always going to happen every every day. So yeah, you you have a lot on your plate. You're stuck between a rock and a hard place. You got the state demanding certain things, and you got yes. the salons demanding certain things, and sure. ultimately you got to make sure that they pass that state board. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But if they don't know what lice look like, then yeah, that's, that's going to be a <laughs> no, problem. For sure. For yes. sure. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. One of my clients messaged me the other day and sent me a picture. And I found this in my daughter's hair. And I thought, oh, shit, that's lice. Um, Girl, I said, you got to go get the shampoo. You got to get the little metal comb. And this little girl, she's got it down to her waist. And you're going to have to shampoo it and pick all that stuff out. And she's, oh, no. 
it took her like three or four hours to go through and to, to pick this hair out. And she's like, yeah, that was fun. <laughs> Not really. <laughs> Wash everything in the house now. Oh, oh my yeah. goodness. Yeah. I know. <laughs> Be thankful if you've never had lice on a client. <laughs> That's right. Be thankful. Sometimes we do a lot of back to school events, cutting events. <laughs> oh, okay. we, we've run into that a few times. Or you get two hundred kids coming in. <laughs> yeah. yeah, ticks right. easy. You just pull it out and bite its head off, and there Ew. you go. You're all <laughs> gross. <laughs> so I am country. Come on, that's yeah. what we do in Kentucky. <laughs> all right, Michael. I have Good. one more question for you. Yeah, my favorite yeah. question. I love to ask everybody. But what advice today, after knowing everything that you know now, what would you tell yourself on your very first day of beauty school? The first time. <laughs> oh, oh, the first time, yeah. This Gosh. too shall pass. <laughs> no, I think I, I, I think the first, I was just really scared. So I think just, because they go through quite a process of getting into school. I think the people that are there pretty much, so what I would tell myself is just to, to I don't know, to follow, to, to show, you, you got to show up. I would not be try to not be fearful like i just i've lived in fear so much of my life and i know that's just like debilitating and yeah i'm not being able to be creative or learn or do anything when i'm living in fear so i would ask myself i would ask myself a question i'd be like what would it be like if i wasn't living in fear what would i be able to accomplish what would i be able to do and i just think just and to stay and just just to find somebody to get in their back pocket, to keep you motivated, get an accountability buddy, <laughs> find a friend because we don't have to do this alone. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I don't know. I think that's an excellent question that everyone should ask themselves. Yeah. So that's a very poignant eye-opening question. I would ask myself that question now. What am I capable of if fear wasn't holding me back? I think yeah. that's such a good thing. Yeah. For my journey, I would do stuff. Knowing everything I've been through now, I would... I wish I could go back and do it all over again. I've, right now, I feel like I, I'm too old. No, but I'm not really too old. But I'm just right now. This year, like, I'm investing. With, I'm continuing to grow because I want to grow. I want to be able to share whatever I can with other people, and I want to become. I want to keep growing because mm -hmm. I, I think that's just super important. And I think that's also so important for you as an instructor, showing your students yeah. that there are more exactly. more things yeah. that you do yourself outside <clears throat> of school too. Yes. You're always, I wasn't working in the, I wasn't working in the salon for a while. And, I, and yes, I only do one day a week and that's not my focus. I do like, I do the clients that I already had. I'll take a, a walk in or two, two, but I really just am there for like really once a week, but I felt like it was important. I really needed to be in the salon. I need to be the things that, you know, I'm busy all the time. So, and, mm -hmm. but I feel like I, you need to set that example. <laughs> if you're going to be doing this, you need to be setting that example and doing things, paying for education. I've, I've Paying a, a hell of a lot of money this year already. <laughs> yeah. I haven't even started this day one yeah. for 2024. But I, it's investing in yourself, and the payback is just way more. The experiences are going to be so much more valuable. Absolutely. I might so. suggest for your education that you come with us to Japan because <laughs> that is going to blow your mind. You want to take a hair adventure? I bet. <laughs> yeah, come on a hair adventure. I would love to. I would love to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If I'm not bankrupt by the end of the day. <laughs> when is that happening? End of March. Oh, but we have a lot then. more. 
We're doing lots of hair ventures this year. Yeah. So thank you so much for joining us. We appreciate your time and your insight in as a cosmetology instructor, but as so much more also. And we thank you for all of our listeners. If you have any questions or comments, feel free to slide into our DMs at any time. Leave us a review. Comment what you want to hear in the future. Check us out on all streaming platforms wherever you stream your podcast from. You can also watch us on YouTube. So if you are more of a visual person, go check us out, The Hair Nerds, on YouTube and you'll find Dear Cosmo Babies there. We'll catch you all next week. Thank you, guys.